is the sluggo. Slant and go. Four shows in a row, I can't even remember. As my phone goes off right at uh, kickoff here, uh, somebody's trying to sell me some aluminum aluminum? Aluminum siding. It's Wednesday, so you and I are here together. we got a great show planned tonight. Going to be a little, maybe a couple tears shed, some feelings hurt, but I got some great memories for you from the 19th, well, great, it's a little over-exaggeration. Got some horrible memories for you (laughs) from the 1980s. And uh, I know you got some for me. This came all came from Houston Burnett's story about Georgia Tech on uh, rubbing the rock and why it's so uh, why that's his hated rival. But before we get to that, what's happening this week? Man, I just lived the dream here, Marty. You know that I'm not I'm actually not traveling at all this week. It's kind of weird to be home. My wife's asking me, like, when am I leaving again? So I don't know what the heck that all, that's all about. But uh, good to see Kevron checking in. I'm, oh, he didn't put it up yet. But uh, no, man, I, just just having a, a good week, just working hard and uh, playing with the kid. I mean, it's been it's been fun. How about you? Good evening, Kevron. Glad to see you in first, as you usually are. Uh, yeah, I used to have a friend who was an officer in the Navy, and um, they would go on, um, I don't know what you called them, but tours whatever but like under the water for six months um he's in a submarine right and so when he was gone the wife and the kids would get this routine down and then he would come back and it was all destroyed and the wife had to you know do it over again uh guest appearance by slider is that what i'm uh, always that's a, <laughs> it's a weekly thing now he's got to see his hand on the on air too. <laughs> he's more than welcome hey ryan how's it going um Um, and uh so he would come back and just wreck their you know their routine then he would leave for six months they get the routine going again he'd come back and wreck their routine so it got to be routine so um yeah it's kind of it's kind of strange and of course our routine mine and my wife's routine is all out of whack because of her broken ankle um I'm putting together Parker's lunch and the kid looks like he weighs like 47 pounds now. And (laughs) (laughs) we're struggling with that. But one thing is you appreciate the other person and what they do when they can't do it. So um, it it has been an interesting few weeks here too, but good to see you don't have to travel and you are at the homestead. There you go, bro. I want two in my ear. You got to be quiet, okay? There's one in your ear. Are we telling a Cregan offspring to be quiet? I, I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> that's that's not possible. It doesn't exist. Oh, it doesn't exist. Hey, uh, Beef, uh, after your fantastic write-up on the Clemson-Georgia Tech uh-huh. baseball series, the Tigers swept Georgia Tech, uh, played well. The Georgia Tech bats weren't quite as loud as you had anticipated. I want it. I still want it. The the Clemson bats were very, very loud. Clemson swept Georgia Tech uh, three straight ball games, 
And if you have a chance, if Ryan's not uh, taking the mic from you, tell us a little bit what your thoughts were on the Georgia Tech game, Georgia Tech series after seeing uh, the, the sweep on uh, last weekend. Yeah, now I, I I do a lot of those previews, having seen very little of the opponent. Now I happened to see a couple of games at Georgia Tech, so I knew how good guys like Kevin Parada were in that lineup um, and the leadoff hitter as well. Just the just unreal numbers. So I was a little a little nervous, but then like I like I said in my preview, they the pitching staff was was saying, all right, well if Clemson can hit with Georgia Tech, they're going to be all right, and hit they did. Uh, they really, really were were solid at the plate. Um, it almost felt like one through nine, which has been an enigma this year for Monty Lee's team. But everybody hit. Of course, Max Wagner stayed as hot as anybody in the country. And it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to watch all three games. I was glued to the TV, which has been kind of rare as well this season. Just, just the, the guys looked like they were having fun out there. Everybody was hitting. Everybody was contributing. You know, it, it stunk when he's, Blake Wright took that foul ball off his knee and refused to Ooh, come yeah. out, but, he, but then he was gone the next two days. So you're like, all right, how's this lineup going to work? Will Taylor slots in at that two-hole spot, has six hits in his first four games, something like that. So he's been looking pretty good, good as advertised. You know, Cooper Ingle going down last night doesn't help, but um, it was just a, it was a lot of fun, and that Georgia Tech pitching staff is atrocious. And they, <laughs> shut, down, and they shut down Parada, probably the first-team All-American catcher. Um, they really, really, really shut him down, and he, he's good. And I don't know how they shut him down, but they did. They didn't let him beat them, so it was fun. Yeah, it was. You kept waiting for him to explode, right? It's he came up with the bases loaded. He had the tying run on base. Um, uh, was it game two or game three? One of those games, he had. The, he came up with the tying run on base. Yeah, it was game two when they almost blew the big lead, the twelve to one lead. Uh, so you kept waiting for him to explode, and he never did. That's the other thing. You mentioned it. I meant to mention it when I was uh, started off the soliloquy there, that you nailed the Georgia Tech um, pitching staff on your preview. And that's why everybody should read Rubbing the Rock. Casey the Beef Cregan's previews are the best <laughs> on the Internet. As I say that, you had predicted a Clemson win last night against the College of Charleston. That didn't happen, but that's baseball, right? You're going to win. You're going to lose. Just hope you win uh, significantly more than you lose. Uh, Tigers left a lot of people on base. If I remember correctly, they had 11 hits and 10 walks and ended up with five runs. The last time I saw the stats, JP's stats said they were four for 21 at one point with runners in scoring position. That's going to make the difference between wins and losses, as Monty Lee said. And unfortunately, the Tigers were on the short end last night. Yeah, and I I wanted to be disappointed last night because the end result is the end result. I mean, that's not profound by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but I think there was a lot of, you know, these advanced analytics and all that probably would have said that the Tigers played really well last night, minus, maybe minus the left 16 men on base and four for 23. Thank you, JP for that stat, perfect timing. But they had some tough luck. The um, Who was the kid? Uh, Troyer hit a seed with the bases loaded. Back up the middle, the pitcher closed his eyes, went to the fetal position and happened to make a catch, turned around a third and had him doubled up. But, I mean, you can't, you can't ask for better contact. You know, Dylan Brewer took a called third strike, which I hate, but was probably, yeah, it was probably a little up in the zone. So, like, I think there was a little bit of tough luck. I mean, obviously, four for twenty-three is not good. Don't don't get me wrong, but 
they had every opportunity to win that game last night. The pitching wasn't terrible. I mean, they, they walked some guys in spots, but I'm still uh, – the loss is the loss, and you never want to lose, especially with the way that Clemson's going right now. But it, I, I was not disappointed, and it was a weird feeling after a loss. Okay. Um, JP says, I thought they still played uh, well last night outside of just not being able to get the big hit oh, in the crucial situation. Uh, CFC made a couple of defensive plays too. Yeah, I, I only got to watch part of the game because I know JP was there. JP, thanks for the eyes on because those of us who have to depend on the ACC network were watching the pregame show, pregame music for the first two innings and you know it's my favorite thing to rip on casey the acc network horrible horrible and i don't know what happens at segra park if it's a different film camera crew i'm guessing it is right it's maybe it's there the the team that the team that resides there is their camera crew because we're here in a drive to left but we're seeing the first baseman pick his butt right um, yeah. I they think they're the just not camera. set up for it. I think yeah. minor league baseball just isn't set up for it, unfortunately. Well, there's a lot that's on actual TV, but anyway, um, we it, got it you. Just covered, happens baby. to us. Just happens to us, man. It, it, I swear, it just happens to Clemson. Everyone else <laughs> is like they're in the middle of nowhere, Timbuktu, and it's like perfect coverage with good announcers. I love Quok, but it's yeah, like you know. Yeah, Quark's, Quark's fine. I mean, I, I like him. He's he's a eighty-seven uh, year old man in a thirty-five year old body, <laughs> but he is he can be funny, and uh, I think he's a really good announcer. And he obviously loves baseball, which is really important because some of those guys don't know a word thing, especially the SEC guys. Like they've never seen a baseball game before in their life, and it, it's kind of hilarious to. Kip Botnight was one of the worst analysts ever, and he was probably one of the best college pitchers <laughs> I've ever seen. But it was just like, what? What are you watching? Are you uh, anyway? So 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 much fun on the ACC network, or as we call it, the Spurtle Channel. Hey, big big challenge this weekend. Maybe JP can chime in on this one at Virginia, thirty-four and twelve. Virginia, by the way, and oh yeah, by the way, Case. The Cavaliers are 26 and four at home. That is a real record. That's Virginia's record at home. Now, probably a lot of, uh, you know, slugs in there, uh, non-conference slugs in there, but still um, 26 and four at home. It is a tough battle. The last time I looked, I didn't look today. Clemson had a half a game, I think on Duke and was still a half game behind North Carolina, or maybe it's the other way around right now. They're in the playoff. Or they're in the college, they, they're in the ACC tournament, but that could change quickly if they don't win a game or two this weekend. Yeah, and Virginia was as hot as anybody in the country early on. I think at one point they were even ranked in the top three, if not number one. They had probably their early season running. It was it's like it's like when uh, Fournette won the Heisman in October. They probably had the Golden Spikes Award winner early in that Jake Geloff. Uh, but he still has 17 home runs. This, their Friday night starter is his seven and zero. I mean, this is a huge, huge series for Clemson. I saw somebody on Twitter earlier say, "Just don't get swept." That might be the the mantra this weekend. But uh, you know, you can hope that maybe they can take two or three, uh, for, or take two or three, win win at least a game, and and hope for a second game. That would be really, really nice for. For Clemson again, if you get the Mac Anglin that you got this past Friday night, you got a chance. I, I don't care who's pitching against them. We saw that a couple of weeks ago with Wake Forest, uh, in, with probably the ACC pitcher of the year there. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And, and Jeffrey Gilbert's been been 
pretty good in two of his three starts on the weekend since being inserted. And Billy Barlow gives you a couple innings. Um, he's going to give you probably four and a half innings, four and two thirds innings as he's apt to do for some reason. Can't get out of that fifth. <laughs> and but if, if they can get the same similar outings that they got last weekend and and against Wake Forest a couple weeks ago, you know they got a, they got a chance. Or against Florida State a couple weeks ago, they got a chance to make some noise. But this offense looks pretty daunting. And unlike Georgia Tech, Virginia's pitching is is pretty decent. I'll do some more in my write up. But I was going to say, don't give away everything. We want people to to tune in, <laughs> tune in, click on whatever. Rubbing at rubbing the rock, rubbing the rock.com. Uh, just okay. click it. I don't care if you read it. <laughs> <laughs> click it and walk away. Stay there so we get the two hour uh, the two hour viewing. Okay, Houston Burnett. This is his fault. Houston Burnett. Casey nailed it. There you go. You're getting it, you're getting it from the, the, the man himself, JP uh, JP, uh, Casey's going to put that on his resume. Um, <laughs> uh, Houston Burnett wrote an article today for rubbingtherock.com uh, about two horrifying losses to Georgia Tech back in 2000 and 2004. So it made me think, well, I'm older than Houston. I'm older than everybody. So I got more horrifying stories than you guys have, probably all put together. Um, so I thought we'd talk about, we spent a lot of time talking about the, the big wins and, and how great it is to be a Clemson fan these days. Maybe so much so that some of the young kids don't even know what it feels like to be part of a horrific loss, right? Or a, a bad loss or even a bad team. Robbie checks in and says back tuning in from Somerville, South Carolina. Thanks for joining Robbie. Appreciate traveler. Appreciate the return, uh, the return viewing. But I thought a lot of horrifying losses, and I probably got a different perspective than than the younger guys, yourself included, in, in Houston. Who um, I told him about one game, and he's like, I, I could tell that he had no idea what I was talking about. He probably wasn't born, right? <laughs> he probably wasn't born when this game happened. So, um, uh, so I thought we'd go through some of the horrifying losses. Uh, and I already got that one for Robbie. Okay. So I thought I'd start out with something in the 80s. And I was going to do a little something different because um, this actually, my first one, wasn't actually a loss. Um, I'm trying to find it on my list here. Did I take it off? Take it over? Oh, 1986. Um, it was a. Um, Blustery, chilly day inside Death Valley. Heck, I, I'm, I'm making it up. I don't remember the weather at all. <laughs> um, uh, and I was hammered anyway, so it wouldn't matter, right? But we just knew after 1984, that's when South Carolina was undefeated until they met up with that powerhouse Navy, right? Made its number two in the nation, then lost the Navy at home. But we just knew that Clemson was going to win, and South Carolina pulled it out 22-21. That's 1984. So the next trip to Clemson in 1986, I was – positive Clemson was going to win. And at opening kickoff, I was even more positive because they returned it. I don't remember if it was Rulak or Ray Williams. Clemson returned it to like the three, scored on the first play, like nine seconds into the game, they're up six to nothing. The snap goes over the holder's head on the extra point. He throws it up. I think it was Jim Riggs in the end zone. Two-point conversion. We're like nine <laughs> seconds in. It's eight to nothing, Clemson. 
what could go wrong? Well, you know what could go wrong? I was on, I think, about the 15 or 20-yard line, uh, hill end, and uh, uh, on the um, bench side, Clemson bench side, and I saw Mike Holt throw a pass that I said, what is he doing? That is the worst pass I've ever seen. And then Sterling Sharp, not Shannon Sharp, but Sterling Sharp came out of nowhere, called that thing in for like 65 yards. They dragged him down at like the eight or something. It was eight to seven, back and forth, ended up in a 21 to 21 tie. They got 21 points when they had eight with like, you know, 10 seconds gone in the game. It was just a weird, it was, uh, they had two field goals and a touchdown to end up with 21, you know, Danny Ford and, and Treadwell kicking field goals. So how disappointing, it was so disappointing. It's back in the day. And the, the younger people might not even know about ties, but when I will say Clemson, they had two years where they had two ties in each year. There were seven, two and two, one season, a bowl ban and eight, two and two, another season where they went to a bowl and won it. What a wild and weird game. Ended up 21-21. Um, and look, there's another old person here. <laughs> there's two old people. Thanks, JP. I knew I liked you for a reason. Anyway, that was my first one, a 21-21 uh, tie with South Carolina. Uh, let's see. And uh, let me go next. Oh, Virginia Tech. JP, let me know if you remember this one. That same year, Virginia Tech came in, and growing up, I went to a lot of Citadel games being from Charleston. Now, Virginia Tech was in the Southern Conference at one point, but this is just a few years later. They aren't in the ACC yet. I think they might have even be, been independent. Virginia Tech came into there. We knew we were going to win because if you remember, a year, a year before, you don't remember, but uh, David Trewell's first ever kick was a game winner against Virginia Tech. He was short on, I think, a 36-yard field goal. He connected on a 31-yard field goal, barely, and just shows you how kickers can improve, right? Barely, and Clemson beat Virginia Tech. The next year they came to Clemson, the defense was good at Virginia Tech. This must have been the beginning of the Bud Foster era. They were really good, and shockingly, they blocked a punt from Bill Spires, you know, the, what is he, the uncle of the 18-year punter for Clemson? They just he's, he's the dad. Son. He's the is dad. He, is he the dad? I, yeah. thought he was, I thought he was uncle. Yeah. Anyway, they blocked a Spires punt for a touchdown, <clears throat> um, and Virginia Tech beat Clemson in Death Valley. Never heard of Virginia. I mean, I had heard of him, but it was kind of shocking for Virginia Tech to come, come into Death Valley, block a punt, recover it for a touchdown, and win the game. So those are two for me. I'm going to shut up and let you <laughs> give a couple. Those are two early ones. I think me and JP are the only ones that remember those two. JP, let me know if you remember the Virginia Tech block punt game. Uh, same year as the South Carolina <laughs> tie. It was not a great year in Death Valley. <laughs> I want to start. My first one is uh, it, it, I don't know if it's disappointing. Well, yes, it's disappointing. It was my freshman year at Clemson. 1995-1996 and the first year that I was there we I don't know seven and three maybe eight and three or seven and four something to that extent but got in a bowl we were playing we were I think ranked in the top 25 at least playing either unranked or lesser ranked Syracuse in the Gator Bowl 
And every pundit back then, there was probably only two, said that Clemson was going to win. It was, you know, uh, Neilon Green and Raymond Priester going up against some guy named Donovan McNabb, and he had a receiver by the name of Marvin Harrison or something, uh, some no-name guy. But I'm sitting, the, the disappointing thing for me was I got home from school. I was on the couch with my dad. You know, my dad had hardly even ever heard of Clemson or knew where it was, even though, besides dropping me off and visiting with me. And Syracuse scored about every time I blinked that game. So there was just a feeling of disappointment, not only in myself, but like my dad is looking at me going, this is where you decided to go. Your <laughs> football team is on national TV. It was like a noon game on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, thinking you're all good and going to beat this Syracuse team. And I, I think it was just more disappointing because my dad was like, so you can turn it off, son. You don't have to watch this anymore. I can't believe I'm paying for you to go watch that team in that school. <laughs> paying out-of-state tuition <laughs> for you to go watch that. Uh, and I'm, and- I'm glad I didn't go because it's the only bowl game I didn't go to in my nine-year career as a student. At your, da- your dad probably said, son, you could have just gone to Rutgers and, and got the same thing. <laughs> Rutgers was okay at that point, but – uh, that was that was awesome. Yeah, that was an awesome performance, like JP says here. McNabb tore the Tigers up, watched the whole game with my jaw on the floor. They were, <laughs> they were good. They were very, very good. I think there was a guy named Kevin Johnson, too, who was a wide receiver. At least last name was Johnson, Kelvin Johnson. He was good too. And uh, my next one is another similar, similar. I guess all my all my ones are basically family or, or selfishly related. 2010 Boston College. 2008, we went up there first time BC and Clemson were playing uh, since BC got into the ACC. 2010, in 2008, we had like 26 of us that uh, flew up from from Clemson or were had gone to Clemson and went up there and just had a blast. Uh, had a really good time. In 2010, my brother lives up in that area, so I go and visit him. My nephew's birthday is around that time, usually in October, so it's a good time to kind of get up with the family. Uh, 2010 was the game, I don't know if anyone remembers, where Clemson just couldn't score, and there was no scoring from either team after halftime. So it was 16-10 final. Ron Cherry was the, um, uh, was the, was the referee that day. There was a lot of questionable calls. It was really? Chase, Chase Reddick versus Kyle Parker in the, probably the most watched quarterback battle of the season. No. It was just – it was – like the, the cure for insomnia, I got in an uh, argument with two guys that were probably 27 years older than me. It was just a disappointing day because it was me and my brother trying to have a good time, met up with a couple folks. It was just a very 16-10. It was a brutal day in Boston. Edward Shepard checks in and says, anyone remember the Texas Tech Red Raiders oh, yeah. bowl game? Oh, I yeah. have a story about that one too, Casey. I remember where I was, Edward, exactly where I was. I was with my ex's dad, which is never a good place. And he's, <laughs> and, and her brother who went to West Virginia. You could imagine what's coming next for me when we get there. Uh, but And they're just looking back at me and her the whole time going, like my dad did, it with the same disgust and disappointment. So, sorry. sorry That's okay. Do you, remember, do you remember what year this was? I forget. Uh, it was after I was in school, probably 0102. Okay. So, I, had a, I took a job about 15 years ago, and the director, I think, was a Texas Tech grad. And, you know, you're a new employee. You get up, you introduce yourself. 
and he wanted to know where I went to school at. And I told him, and he said, oh, yeah, you remember a bowl game? You know, in front of like 500 people, he points to one time Texas Tech did something good on the football field. <laughs> um, so, yes, I have a story about that, too. And living in Texas, believe me, I heard it, Edward. But appreciate you chiming in, Edward. Uh, look who checks in, Case. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury yeah. was the quarterback for that Texas Tech team. 55-15 is what I remember. And it yes. was 2000, 2002. 55-15. Uh, Palkovic, Michael Palk says Clemson <laughs> should have eaten more Chucky Campbell soup. Yes, 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 yes. Um, let's Always see. Adding. Need two now, don't you think? Um, okay. Um, and JP. Uh, giving them the business for sure yeah, in yeah. 2002, JP. Thanks, JP. All right. Let's see what I got up coming up next. See if I can be. Oh, 1990. Now, this is not football. This is basketball. When uh, my, my son is 15, he was born in 2006. He knows who Tate George is because I have told him this story about 673 times. I was in a I was broke. I was in a tiny apartment with a TV about as big as your head. And uh, I, did, I, I, I couldn't say as little as your head because that doesn't sound right. right? <laughs> and a TV about the size of your head. And, you know, um, I was broke and I didn't have any money. But I did have Clemson basketball. And they were going to make the Final Four. And I was so excited. They were losing big early. They came back, took the lead. No way they could lose. Uh, they lost. Tate George from the corner. What I looked like when that ball went through the hoop, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of it, Case. Oh, yeah. I looked like Eldon Campbell. <laughs> what I grew up happen? a Big East fan, so I, I definitely watched that game. Oh, that was that was a killer for me as far as basketball goes. The other one I don't even have on here, and I'll, I'll just skip it for time's sake. But going back a bit and back to football, 1988, the punt Ruski game, Belton, Texas, at my brother's apartment, just sure they were going to beat Florida State. And guess what? They were going to beat Florida State because they were going to have Florida State punt. We know, every Clemson fan knows what happened after that. I lost all confidence in Clemson, and I just felt like the world was – taken from me that day for some reason it could have been the 48 Budweiser's I had but it was heartbreaking loss in 1988 to Florida State Deion Sanders and I who who's the guy who Leroy Butler Leroy Butler Leroy Butler and um, that is one that stung for a long long time so those are two more for me what you got Case I got 1998 Clemson Duke basketball. Great story. I had a friend whose cousin played or uh, was a student at Duke, so she got two tickets. The problem was there were four of us there. I think the statute of limitations is up on this. Two of us snuck into Cameron Indoor. Two of us had tickets. We went to the game, sat right behind the Clemson bench, directly behind the Clemson bench. Talk about how long ago it was. Alex Rodriguez of the uh, of the Seattle Mariners gave a pregame talk to Mike Krzyzewski's Blue Devils. Shane Battier was a freshman. Steve Wojciechowski was their guard, their 
their white guard that pissed everybody off that everyone loved to hate. <laughs> this is just going back a ways. I'm just throwing names out there for you young kids out there that, that think that don't realize that these people actually were in existence. Clemson was down, I believe, again, don't know the exact number. I think it was about 70 at halftime. And they came back, came roaring back. This is Rick Barnes' days. Everyone knows my affinity for Rick Barnes. Came roaring back in the second half. Uh, got within four, I believe, and had a chance actually to tie for, or obviously got within two, had a chance to tie Terrell McIntyre, that same Wojciechowski kind of made T.O. Uh, kind of, uh, the, the original the original boogie, um, T.O., T-Mac, T boogie, uh, made him kind of stumble, uh, and he dished the ball off to E. Carey Turbe. Actually, it was a, I'm, I'm messing everything up, Marty. <laughs> it was a shot that bounced off. E. Carey Turbay got the rebound and kind of was falling away and front-rimmed it and bounced out. It was it was, uh, it was, was brutal because I thought for a second that I was going to see Clemson beat Duke and in their house. And, man, that place gets quiet when, when they're on the free throw line. Mm. My, my, my next one, my last, my, I'll do this one and then – the obvious, the obvious one that will be last for me is 2004 Athens Regional. So the regional baseball regionals back in the day, Clemson fans, recent Clemson fans may not know this, but Clemson spent the better part of, I don't know, 50, 60 years either hosting regionals or playing in regionals. And in 2004, and it's right around my birthday time too. So in 2004, I was, I was actually living and working in Clemson. And their regional was in Athens. So I took my birthday, said, I don't want to celebrate with anybody. I'm going down to follow my boys down to Athens. I spent the weekend in Athens, Georgia. They struggled. They got into the loser's bracket after, I believe, losing to Georgia. They, yeah, they lost to Georgia in maybe the first game. And they came back and beat them in a very good game. It was awesome. And they had they lost in 10 innings, 7-6. to six. Uh, in the in the championship game, it was one of those had to beat Georgia twice things, and I think that year Clemson really had a good shot. They were like thirty six and twenty two maybe overall, but they were they were solid. They had Tyler Colvin, they had uh, Travis Store, they had Herman Deming, Russell Triplett. They had good arms on the weekends. They were ready to go. Georgia ended up winning their super regional against Georgia Tech and making it to the to the World Series. And made a little bit of a run. So I really truly believe that 2014, if they beat Georgia, you know, ifs and buts, if they beat Georgia, they're going to Omaha. Uh, but it was a tough day, tough birthday weekend to go back to Clemson with a loss. Darn. I don't remember that for some reason. Uh, 2004. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, that, that was the year that I, I was at Clemson work in 2003, 2004, and a lot of the guys that needed – I was working in the theater at the Brooks Center, and a lot of the baseball team came and had to get hours because for some reason they took theater 201 or whatever that number was, and uh, they had to get hours, so most of them worked for me. And, of course, being a jock sniffer that I am, I had to make, make friends with them, and, uh, and I was, and I got pretty close with Russell Triplett, who was the shortstop, and Herman Demick who was the second bit or third baseman at the time. Um, more Herman than Russell, but still good guys. And so I just followed them pretty much around the country. Went to Miami for a weekend for a series. And so they, I kind of felt like my team, you know. So living the life. Anthony Weeks says, the first Alabama game in the national championship, tough loss. 
I, that is on my list too, but for different reasons because I'm old. I hadn't seen a national championship since 1982. I thought I would never see one. I thought that was the opportunity. Little did I know what the boys had in store for me the next year and a couple of years after that. So that was a tough loss for me that night. Let's see. Robbie Posey says, W uh, West Virginia football game when they played the 70-plus. I think we're going to get to that one. Edward Shumpert says, what does Edward say? Uh, Stung Clemson baseball dropping two to the Gamecocks. We will get to that one. I got a story about that one also. And Casey, uh, JP loves Rick Barnes too. Chancey says basketball versus UConn. We've talked about that, Chancey. I looked like, um, I don't know, I forgot his name. Eldon Campbell. Eldon Campbell's. My face resembled Eldon Campbell's face. <laughs> when that shot went in for, but mine lasted for like six weeks. All right. Uh, 2000 in Georgia tech would be my next one. Um, I did not actually see this game live, but the reason it crushed me, the reason it was so very hard to put up with, I was at a concert. I was at a Jerry Jeff Walker concert in green, Texas, where famous green hall, the oldest dance hall in Texas had a, semi-lovely lady on my arm um, that I'm not married to right now. And um, (laughs) so I had a friend of mine was texting me and he was saying, no, they're going to do it. They're going to win. Oh no, Marty, they're going to lose five minutes later. Oh, they're going to win. Oh my God, they lost. So I didn't know what was going on, but I knew it was crazy and wild. I didn't know how crazy and wild until I got back home. And um, what a hard way to lose an undefeated season that game uh, on a on a just horrible, horrible. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to think about it anymore. Um, just a horrible way to lose a football game. And as someone mentioned earlier, 2010 College World Series. Here's my story about this. See, Casey, I'm older, so I have more stories. I was in the hospital close to – I won't say close to death. It was not sure that I would survive. I was in the hospital for 37 days uh, and one stretch in 2010, then another 40 or so days in another stretch. But I was the first time was this time when the World Series was on. The Sunday night before I went in Monday morning was when they defeated Arizona State. I think, or was it Arizona? One of the Arizona teams to make it to the World Series. They had to play in Arizona, and I was shocked that they won. Anyway, in the hospital, had surgery, didn't go well. Um, so the night they were playing South Carolina, the extra inning game, I was out of it on drugs, hooked up to all kinds of machines, and woke up and asked uh, a friend of mine, Jim, how did it end? And he just shook his head. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, they lost the next game. And I was so sure they were going to win. I was going to wake up. They were going to have a national championship. It was going to help me recover. It did not happen. Jim brought me a Clemson baseball T-shirt to the hospital. That didn't help. Uh, That was crushing as far as baseball goes. And I would argue perhaps any sport goes because of who they were playing and who they lost to and how it came about. All they had to do was win one game. Uh, South Carolina brings in a guy that nobody had ever heard of. It pitched like six innings the whole year. Michael Roth turned him into, you know, Warren Spahn, Cy Young, and whoever else all rolled into one. And South Carolina ended up winning the championship, which hurt even more. It was just a 
cluster of issues there. Um, so that was my, obviously my one for baseball. But that's a, that's as we talked about when we were putting this together. That's an obvious one. You you pick some of the less obvious ones, but I I wanted to also. And that's why I picked out some of the old games. But I mean, it's hard to get over that as far as baseball goes. What I'm getting out of this whole conversation, Marty, is we got a ton of games that were that were heartbreaking as Clemson fans. I think we were uh, we. I don't know. It feels like South Carolina fans are like this now, and we were like this forever. But my my last one actually is the obvious one, and and I'll, there's a little bit more to it. I, I had about eight friends fly. I drove from Tampa to Miami. Met some friends in Palm Beach for the 2012 Orange Bowl. It was the first time Clemson had made a BCS game. And there was a lot of excitement. We were ranked probably in the top 15 or so. And West Virginia got in from the Big East Conference. And they were ranked 23rd or so around there. But they had some guys that could flat out play. I'll get to them in a minute because I still have nightmares about taking off. But the game, it was the year, 2012, was one of those years that I, I – Clemson got down big against Maryland, came back and won. They gave up a couple touchdowns to uh, somebody else, came back and won. So it never felt with Taj Boyd and Sammy Watkins and Andre Ellington that Clemson was out of it. It never felt like they were out of any game with those guys because next thing you know, it's a 70-yard pass to Sammy who outran everybody on the team. It just seemed so effortless back then. So after one quarter of play, it was 17-14. At the half, it was forty. It was seventeen fourteen Clemson. At the half, it was forty two twenty West Virginia. And I turned to my friend Ryan Lawrence, who flew in from Philly, and said, Oof. "I'm still not worried yet." At at forty two twenty, if they go up forty nine twenty, I might start getting worried. But I'm not worried with this offense. But the turning point of the whole play, I should have been worried because the turning point with the whole play was Andre Ellington going into the into the end zone. And Darwin Cook, like these names still, I know them. I, I still know these names. Took the ball and actually we, we still, and tackled Obi, the, the Orange Bowl mascot, which was pretty funny, but it wasn't funny in that particular night. Uh, <laughs> Stedman Bailey, uh, J- uh, Tavon Austin, Geno Smith. I mean, literally these guys still haunt my dreams, but – because of what's happened recently, it's become actually more funny than anything else. Clemson was able to get rid of Kevin Steele on that day. Literally, I think they left him in Miami. Uh, Brent Venables comes into Clemson, and obviously the rest, as they say, is history. But in the second quarter, it just felt like after that fumble, and I believe Taj threw a pick or something again later on in that same quarter, it just felt like Holgerson figured out that if I use these two dudes that are so fast, on the outside and just choose one of them to go end around that Clemson didn't have the dogs to stop them. And they really didn't. It felt like that play. It runs in my head. My bed's right over there. Uh, it runs in my head pretty much weekly where I see an end around and I see Dana Holgerson's mullet. So two, 2012 orange bowl is, is my, is my most disappointing game ever, especially yeah. because I was supposed to spend the night. We're supposed to hang out in Miami or Lauderdale with friends, eight of us. I drove back the five and a half hours, didn't get back to Tampa until 5.30 in the morning. Wow. That, is a, um, that was a, a horrible, a little bit more than a half a game. And you know, whenever Ellington fumbled, that game was over. Didn't know it then. I, like you, was not worried at that point. But shortly after, I was worried. I gotta, and that, JP says, got a story about to, that. 
He left at <laughs> halftime and would have left before, except the wife wanted to see train at halftime. We have a joke, an inside joke, my friend Ryan Lawrence, and because they kept announcing that like every five seconds, it felt like hey, third and eight, first you know, first down, Tavon Austin, end around. Coming up at halftime, Grammy Award winning train. It felt like we were at a train concert, and just football was just surrounded it. So, uh, and then inside the stadium, the sound system wasn't very good. Sounded a lot better, I think, on TV. It's before the before like technology caught up. Yes. So, so it's been it's been a joke with with our friends for a long time. That train. All right, let me get some of these. And for whatever reason, my computer has stuck. Uh, I told some people on Twitter they were going to chime in, and uh, I was going to get some of their names and, and thoughts out there. We've got CJD Man, or at CJD Man, M A N N, 2007 Boston College. Of course, that was the Aaron Kelly drop, I believe. Uh, but yeah. that, that hurt at the time. Right now, it's not so bad because at the time, the goal was just to get to an ACC championship game much less win the ACC, win a playoff game, and win two national championships. So, yes, at the time, it was tough. As time has gone on, we've learned it's not that big of a deal. Uh, Jink Dizzle, at Jink Dizzle, says 1990 UConn, which we've talked about. Smack underscore check, says 2010 College World Series, which we've talked about. At Clemson Hype, your buddy uh, Case, the Clemson Hype House, uh, says the 1988 punt Ruski, which we've talked about, and the 2011 Orange Bowl in 2007 BC. That's Blake HU 56589124. A lot of people said FSU of 2013. I kind of get this because there was a huge buildup to that game, right? And um, at the time, a, a, a short story about this game. At the time, I was doing a little stuff for orangeandwhite.com. Uh, Brandon Rank, my friend, who's now at TigerNet, was working for Orange and White, and I was writing a column. I was supposed to write a column after that game. I never did. Um, Brandon asked me, where's the column? I said, I'm too far into the beer. Uh, <laughs> it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I think Taj threw another interception. <laughs> I just could not do it that day, so I couldn't be a professional like JP. I The game was over. As somebody else pointed out on Twitter, the game was over in five minutes, so you know, it wasn't a, it was a horrible loss, but it wasn't a heartbreaking loss, as far as I'm concerned. I also knew that um, Clemson wasn't the better team that day. Uh, you know, and and history has proven that that Florida State team, I think, had 30 people go to the NFL or whatever. They were really good. The week before, the week of the game, I listened to Bud Elliott and some yokel from Florida State on a podcast. They were sure Florida State was going to crush Clemson. I was so mad and irate, and just like I did with the lady who sent me the video on how to how to do uh, <laughs> how to write professional articles, I apologized to them, even though not to them. Kind of afterwards, say, yeah, you guys are right, right. And the best players usually win, and Florida State won that day. Clemson looked horrible. I'm not making excuses, but that wasn't a close game. It was just uh, a blowout. Uh, Let's see, a couple others here. Villanova, I forgot about this. At Tomfoolery TM said, Villanova in 2018 basketball. I agree with this one. I remember Tanner Smith 
trying to throw a pass behind his back, went out of bounds, and he laughed about it with his teammates because they were up by 18, and they ended up losing the game. Never forgive, forgave Tanner after that. Um, that was a hard hard one to stomach, too. 1990 still wins because of the situation, how far they were in the tournament, but that 2018 Villanova game also hurts. And finally, whoops, I didn't put a name, 2001 UNC, um, I think that was just a 38-3 drubbing. I don't think it had any <laughs> special significance. So I think uh, it was 97 I went up there. It's either 97 or 98. I went up to North Carolina because I was trying to hit every school. And we sat in our seats, uh, and, and North Carolina scored. They scored again. Then we got up to like go to the bathroom. They scored again. It was 45 nothing. My roommate who played on the team at the time turned around and just started doing like this. Like, go get a keg. And so uh, <laughs> we, we hit the bus beat us home, but we, we went and got a keg and, and got him, got back to Clemson and, uh, and had a party. But that game, like, I think they scored on our way. It, it was the West Virginia game before the West Virginia game. It was 45 nothing. It was brutal. Okay. Um, and the other one I remember, I didn't put this down, but North Carolina, I think Danny Green made a three-pointer with like half a second to go or something and did that stupid little dance. He joined the Spurs like 10 years later, and my son loves the Spurs, and I couldn't stand him still. And, <laughs> and I it sticks in your head like West Virginia for years. Uh. Danny Green doing that little shuffle thing. Like, man, come on. Can't you get a better dance than that? And catch and miss a three-pointer when Clemson needs to needs to win at North Carolina, but streak is now broken. So, was it oh eight in Villanova? Oh eight also in the in Tampa. I was at the game. Uh, I was living down there. I think it was oh eight. It wasn't it was close, but it was five twelve. We were the five seed. They were the twelve oh, seed. That's the game no. I'm talking about. Maybe he put eighteen and meant eight. Yeah, that was brutal. That yeah. was a brutal, brutal, brutal game. Um, and that was also um, no t- all the twelve. It was all twelve side twelve fives in Tampa, or it was twelve fives and thirteen and fours, and no higher seed one in Tampa. It, they called it Upset City. Wow. Great head, great headline for you editors I, out there. Thanks, thanks for pointing that out because as no, obviously Tanner Smith wasn't playing for Clemson in two thousand eighteen, so he he must have met two thousand and eight uh, Villanova or. Hey, I could have typed it wrong. So, um, no, no, Marty didn't make mistakes. Have you seen the rub in the rock? I post something and then have to edit it 49 times afterwards. So do you have any more pain to bring Casey? No, I'm done. And I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go hit my head against the wall a couple times after this episode. But you know, what this does for me is, helps me enjoy the present not that the basketball team's great right now or the baseball team's good but football especially right this is the number one sport and there's a whole generation of of clemson i won't say kids clemson fans that don't know what we know right don't know the pain and and why it's so important that they won when they won um, and just you know think oh my god 10 and 3 is the worst thing that ever happened in the world we'd be begging for 10 and three uh some of those years now i was at clemson during danny ford so they were really really good uh most of the time 
but they they had some lean years in my youth too. So, and if you notice, there's a whole like 15 years in between my gains because I just really didn't pay a lot of attention because they weren't very good, right? I mean, there's no heartbreak when your team, you know, your team's going to go three and eight, four and seven, uh, et cetera. JP has got one here. Uh, Clemson losing to Duke. Oh, Oh, my. And how about the 45 to 17 Wake Forest crushing? I had that uh, in my my others receiving votes. Yeah. Man, I I still remember. I couldn't believe that. I just, I was like, what? Wake Forest? What? What are we doing here? So um, fired fired Tommy Bowden the next week, right? Well, and that's the other lesson. <laughs> Two of these horrible losses got rid of Kevin Steele and got rid of Tommy Bowden. So on the football side, it works. On basketball, they're less eager to fire the coach uh, <laughs> when something terrible happens. Uh, and it's certainly in baseball with three coaches since 1957 doesn't happen very often. So we'll see what comes in the next couple of weeks. All right, Casey, my voice is, is about to fall out of my mouth here. Uh, so tell the people, thank you. Let's get out of here. i got to go watch the Astros with Junior. don't have to. I really enjoy it. They're on an eight-game winning streak, so it's a lot of fun right now. Ooh. So I better jump in and get that father-son time. And as I told you on the text, Parker Coleman and I are going to see an Astros-Yankees doubleheader in July. It's going to be fun. I hope I don't get in any fist fights because I'm old. And those, those New York fans will brutalize me. That's why I wore this shirt tonight just for you. Thanks to everyone in the Seldon News Reserve College Football Discussion Facebook group, especially Nelson Wilhite for all his help. John Chancey for being a good all-around guy. Uncle John McGee, J.P. Priester for all his help as well. Sluggo Podcast, and each every one of you who listens, likes, shares, and participates on behalf of Marty Seldom News Reserve Coleman, I am Casey the Beef Cregan. Thanks so much for joining Maybe next week we'll talk about some wins. I don't know. We'll see you next week on Slugger. That's no fun. This is. I think that sounds pretty good.